0: This is episode number 480 with Maisie Matarazzo, How to Heal the Subconscious Blocks to Love. Hi everybody, I'm Sandy Wiener. Welcome back to Last First Date Radio, where we believe it is never too late to go on your last first date. And if you want some support on your journey to lasting love, I wrote a book for you and it's called Becoming a Woman of Value, How to Thrive in Life and Love. It is filled with 30 tips and stories and exercises and some of these podcast interviews because they're so awesome. And they're all designed to help you show up, stand up, and speak up on your journey to really stepping into your full value. And when you step into your full value, you have better work, better life, better love. You can find it now on Amazon for Kindle or paperback. And every week I bring you a tip from the book. This week's tip is step number 10, which is forgive yourself and others. One of the hardest things we do is to really forgive others and to forgive ourselves. And if you want to really find a lasting, loving relationship, you've got to let go of any anger that you're holding onto about your ex, about your parents, about any kind of victim place that you're stuck in, because otherwise you're really holding back your heart and you won't be able to love. And you know, you also need to forgive yourself for any mistakes you may have made. I mean, we're all human. And I, I heard something recently, which was to really establish the difference between a mistake that we make because it's a behavior or it's character related. So if it's behavior related, we made a mistake. Are you hopefully making Making good on your mistake, and you're asking for forgiveness from the right people. But you know, if it's not a character issue, you we're all human, we all make mistakes. So be self compassionate and forgive yourself and others. And before I bring Macy on, I just want to invite anyone who's not yet a member to join my fantastic Facebook group. It's called Your Last First Date, and it is We're about 3,400 women strong in this group. It is a beautiful place that will support you in love. It is not a place to come and complain. It's a place to talk about your struggles, but with an eye towards growth, not complaining, which is really what happens in most of these groups that are out there. So if you're done with all the groups that are not supporting you and you want a place that will help you, and also you'll be first to see all my podcasts and all of my articles and YouTube videos. And I also do a Facebook live every week in the, in the group. So come and join us. There's lots of value and it costs you nothing. So it's your last first date. And now for my guest, Maisie Matarazzo. She was a girl of the seventies and for her success was climbing the corporate ladder saying, I don't need a man. But she really wanted Prince Charming, that guy, that, this elusive guy on a horse that uh, kisses women who are sleeping and wakes them up out of their stupor. That's really exactly what love is like, right, Macy? <laughs> <laughs> she found herself in her 40s single, and she was compl- convinced that if love, did- love didn't happen organically, she was just not lovable and Prince Charming certainly wasn't coming. And that's when she stopped trying to just wing it like the old fashioned way and decided to do whatever it took to figure out this love stuff, because it isn't just winging it. And before long, she met and married Larry, who was her perfect match. And as she shared her story, others began to find love too. So she quit her six figure job to help singles all over the world Find the one using her signature system, which is called Super Loved. Welcome to the show, Macy.
1: Thanks for having me. It's such an honor.
0: It's exciting to have you. I love uh, your journey from Prince Charming, the search for Prince Charming with your glass slipper and trying to find the other <laughs> slipper and other lies people tell you. So if you yeah. can share a little bit about your love story so that our audience can hear more about it. That
1: was kind of the um, skeleton version of basically what my experience was was to focus on you know making money and being that powerful woman and like you said. You know, I don't need a man, but deep down, like I really wanted that person to share my life with. And the way that I grew up was with this point of view that it's just supposed to happen. It's just going to happen. I'm just going to fall into this relationship. And that perpetuated itself a little bit because it really did seem like love just happened for a lot of people. Like I looked around, all my friends growing up were married, having kids. By the time I was in my forties and and still single. And, you know, what I know now is that not every relationship you fall into is a great relationship. So it it takes some consciousness to create something greater. And a lot of those people are now divorced and not so happy. So um, yeah, my journey was to this place of recognizing that, you know, it's okay (laughs) to want a relationship and to desire that kind of experience and make a choice for it. Whereas before I was making everything else a priority and not really listening to myself and not taking the time to actually develop skills and learn about myself and what it takes to have that conscious loving relationship.
0: Yeah. I love the word conscious. I think that we definitely go unconscious in love so much. And so making that choice and I think owning that I do want it. It's it's vulnerable to say that, yeah. right? It's like so much easier to say, I don't need to stink a man yeah. than to actually say, you know what? I want partnership. Like what, uh-huh. what did you, what were you missing in your life that really was calling to you?
1: Well, I'm not sure if it was that, you know, the point when I made that really solid choice for it, I actually... Um, just had the awareness that that was something that I desired. I wouldn't necessarily say it felt like it was missing. I guess the idea of creating with someone and being with someone who had my back and that I could actually give my own self to someone and cheer them on, like that sounded really fun to me. And it was something that I hadn't felt in my life up until that point as an equal contribution. Most of my relationships at that point felt pretty unbalanced. Either I met someone and they liked me and I thought, oh, okay, well, they like me. Let's see what I can do with this and how I could make it work because my my self-esteem didn't even hold the space to think, wow, I could actually have what I want. Um, And therefore, a lot of those relationships felt kind of exhausting, you know, Mm -hmm. just dragging people along. And so there was really a lovely space when I was creating my life, which was pretty great. I was teaching yoga. I had a really great job. Um, I was volunteering and performing and I loved my home. So there were there were a lot of great things happening. It's just this space of, hmm, like, where, is it possible to have the person that I am sensing in my heart that has all of these things that almost seem paradoxical in some ways like really creative and funny yet successful and good with money (laughs) and this combination that um, once I did more of the inner work I just aligned with that energy more and more and more and then I started seeing different things when it came to relationship in my life.
0: So what were some of your subconscious blocks to love?
1: Pretty common ones. I didn't feel like I was pretty enough. I didn't feel like I was sexy enough. I didn't I felt like I was too weird, that I was too much. Um, I had experiences where people told me I was too weird for love. You know even from my family and so there was this sense of okay well then I'm gonna have to shut down these things that are me or somehow hide them and that felt really hard and exhausting and you know that kept me from being myself because I was holding back when it came to dating and sharing myself in the romantic relationship space with my friends, with my family. I mean, they kind of knew my weirdness, but there was definitely a a holding back, a dismissing, a muting that kept me attracting people who weren't fun for me.
0: Right. When we're not fully showing up, we're showing up to attract a different kind of person. I'm I'm curious about your, and I'm sure these are so relatable, you know, I'm not pretty or sexy enough. I, I, you know, I think sex in general is just, it happens behind closed doors for people. And so many people feel inadequate, you know, I'm not sexual enough. I don't have enough experience. I was just having this conversation the other day that when I was in my twenties, I always felt like everyone's out there having this incredible, crazy sex life. And I had limited experience at that point, but I, I always felt like everybody was doing something that I wasn't yet doing. And so, you know, I think we we come in with these crazy ideas that we don't even explore because we believe them to be true.
1: Right. Yeah. So it, Yeah. It played out in a lot of ways for me. I mean, one way it played out was that I did in my 30s I did a lot of proving through sex my sexuality I guess I would say like mm-hmm. I was very promiscuous I thought that that's what would make people like me I thought that that's what a man would want and then that was the only way I could get into a relationship is you know if I was you know promiscuous and and not You know, was a belief that I I didn't even realize underneath it how much of that was that I didn't feel good enough. I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel like who I was on my own was good enough, that I couldn't have a voice in that. So, you know, then as I got more like receiving and honoring of myself and actually acknowledging the differences that I be, the weirdness, the funkiness, all of that became what I call my weirdo advantage. And not that it was going in the direction of trying to be weirder in order to get attention, but actually saying, okay, well, this this is actually how I function. And this is who I am and I'm excited to meet someone who would like to play in that space. And doing the inner work that I did and getting the support that I got and really um, taking time to uh, be with me in a more intimate way opened up a lot more space for a different kind of relationship with myself And it showed because, you know, within three months of making the choice for love and doing a lot more of the deep inner work that I do with my clients that supported me in um, being willing to prioritize it, but also really get to know me specifically in terms of how I get to receive a relationship I met Larry and before that like within that time I was meeting a whole new caliber of person and feeling so different in the presence of love interests even if they weren't exactly my person that I didn't have the fear, I didn't have all this energy going to trying to be something I wasn't.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, so you, the more you tapped into your strengths and saw some of the things that seemed like maybe wounds or the things that held you back were actually your superpowers. They were who you really were. And you have to access that. Like we, we try to suppress often the parts of us that other people have rejected. And so it's also about like those people's opinions don't matter because that made them uncomfortable doesn't mean that you have to suppress it for other people. Yeah. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember. I think for a lot of us, we think, well, somebody told me I was too sensitive, so I'm not gonna really show my sensitive side. And I think that we, we have to look at those things. I mean, not, you know, There's there's a limit to how much we're going to let everything, you know, let your freak flag fly every part of your life, right? So you have to have some balance there. But I do believe that the people who know themselves and love every part of who they are are the ones that attract their best partner. And often, and I'm curious if this is true for you, that when you do meet that partner at the level you are now, that had you met that person ten years before you may not have been attracted at all to that person is that no is that I true wouldn't for have. You? yes yeah.
1: very true I definitely tell that story and it's also true for my partner <laughs> he says the same thing that if we had met a year before that it probably wouldn't have been there because he had his own work that he was doing getting over his divorce and actually, you know, doing a lot of meditating and and coming back to himself in his own ways. And it really is, to me, a beautiful reminder of how the universe supports us because we both made a choice for love and were really committed to ourselves as the beloved, really. Like taking care of ourselves as, We'd like someone to be with ourselves, and it was really quite easy. I mean, it was easy for us to be together. There was no, there were no games. There was no um, question. It was pretty fast in being able to just be happy saying, wow, you're a great person. I really appreciate you. And I remember saying to him, maybe three dates in, I said, you know, there's, there's nothing I don't like about you. I mean, (laughs) and um, in the past, that may have seemed like, oh, you definitely don't want someone to think you like them because, you know, That wouldn't be cool. Um, (laughs) And so there was really this lovely occurrence of celebration and appreciation and feeling adored and playing and growing together and gifting each other and listening. And, and, you know, it's still going. Like, it's Uh. still going and evolving in different ways. There are still, there are moments where we, we have glitches. And what I know is that this foundation that we have established um, holds that honesty and that presence that we do want to help each other, help each other. So from that place, um, it's very different than what I've had before.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's healthy, and it's mature. And I this this conversation about expressing how you feel about somebody early on has been coming up a lot in my practice. And I truly believe that if you're with somebody who has a secure attachment style, who can handle, you know, whatever you throw at them, because they are solid, and you're solid, then you can not feel so vulnerable saying, I'm enjoying all these things about you. Wow, I really like that you follow through this. Uh, the fact that you gave me this gift really lights me up. I mean, whatever it is, uh-huh. because people do need to hear that. Uh-huh. The wrong person is gonna freak out and run away and that's fine, like goodbye. <laughs> right? uh-huh. But the right person, it's going to, it's gonna fill them up. And I think yeah. we need to realize that we should stop playing games stop withholding because we think that's the way to protect ourselves from getting hurt. It actually prevents us from getting closer.
1: Exactly. And it's really where it's coming from. I mean, that's what I tell my clients. It's like, well, where is that coming from? If it's coming from a fear or a need or grasping that if I say this, then you have to say something nice back. Or if I say this, then you know this is what's going to lock us into this relationship but which is very different than coming from actually a kindness a gratitude and a knowing that no matter what happens you'll be okay but being able to give the gift of appreciation of someone else which you know like you said when people are in a place where they are secure in themselves And, and side note, if you don't feel secure in yourself, you can absolutely create that that is not I did a whole series just finished last week on that. And so it's worth cultivating. But when you're with someone who has that, then it just makes everything so much greater. And it gives people a chance to win at love. When you tell someone, wow, you know, when you text me in the morning and just even sending a little emoji, my heart jumps. Like it makes me so happy. It totally makes my day so fun. I love it when you do that, that the gift of being able to know I did that for someone, that's so exciting and have so... so much fun with that.
0: It's so true. I think that people need to reinforce the behaviors that make them happy because people can't read our minds and we're often very stingy about the appreciation and we're really good at the criticism and what did you do wrong? And when you're coming from a fuller, more abundant mindset, then you, are, you have so much to give and not, not giving to get, but giving because it brings you joy to give to the other person and then when you're being reinforced it's like you want to do more of that let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors this episode is brought to you by amazon music unlimited you can listen to over 70 million songs and thousands of playlists and stations plus you can now stream your favorite podcasts like last first date radio you can listen to any song anytime Anywhere on any of your devices your smartphone your tablet your PC or Mac Fire TV and any Alexa enabled devices like the Amazon echo Get Amazon music unlimited for free for 30 days. Just head on over to get Amazon forward slash last first date to learn more and claim this offer
1: one of the things that I love doing is spontaneous gifting i am the kind of person that if i'm out in the world and i see something that reminds me of someone that's when i want to buy the thing and gift it to someone not just wait for a holiday to go okay now you're supposed to do it that that's not as fun for me so um with the relationship i remember early on like after one date with larry i found something that just totally reminded me of some stories he's he told me. It was actually a state plate from New York. It was a vintage thing and it had the World's Fairs really kitschy. And I was like, oh, oh, but do I give it to him? Is that too much? Huh? And, um, and I was like, you know what? Who I am is that. If this was a girlfriend, if this was a family member, I would do that. So I'm going to do it. And and I've done that in other relationships and felt a little bit bummed because maybe they broke up with me later or it didn't work out. And I was like, oh, I gave them that really cool thing. But I decided I'm letting go of that and just being me.
0: <laughs> nice. Got to be you. Mm-hmm. So for for the people who are listening who don't even know if they have subconscious blocks, yeah. how can they identify those? I
1: mean, the simplest way to look at it is look at what you've created in your life. Are you feeling like you're not creating what you want? Are you looking out into your life and saying, "Ugh, I don't want this. I don't want this. I hate dating. Like there's likely some things getting in the way if you're not finding that you're creating the experiences that you truly desire. So Without that being a problem or a judgment of, oh, doing it wrong or bad or any of that, it doesn't matter. It's like, okay, let's look at what is possible here that we can change. And the work that I do with people, I use a process called regenerating images and memory. And this is something that was created by. Dr. Deb Sandella, who lives in Colorado, and she founded the RIM Institute. And I've been working with her for the last now six years, learning her process. And what's beautiful about it is, um, you know, our relationship stuff, as you know, Sandy, is established so early in our life. I mean, it's all of this attachment style and, what we believe about relationship is coming from our early experiences with the caretaker or our parents. So um, that's, you know, really what locks in and then becomes the reality of our adult relationships. So this process really helps us get to that point of creation of that moment where we decided this is true about me, I'm not worthy, or I scare men away, or whatever the thing is, and transforms it. So look at your life. Do you like what you see? If you're wanting something else, and it feels like you keep saying you want something, but it doesn't change, then likely there's a block.
0: Yeah. So how does this be generating images and memory? Is that what it's called? Yes. How does that work?
1: It works, through basically working with someone who, like me, and the facilitation of it is basically um, accessing, connecting in with your body, and using your imagination, which your imagination becomes the translator of the subconscious. And through a facilitated process, you your subconscious knows exactly where those points are. So rather than like trying to figure it out with our head, which is a very limited space and say, oh, it's a mom issue or thinking your way through it. You let your body and your subconscious reveal through the imagination. And then there are um, processes and kind of tools that facilitate actually getting to these places, these memories, these awarenesses that may hold an emotional component. So it's like when you feel triggered by something or, you know, repelled by something, or you keep repeating the same kind of relationship over and over again, when you get to that point of creation, there may be a difficult emotion attached. And through regenerating images and memory, we can, we can change that we can change, you can't delete your memories. But you can transform the energy that's attached to it. So then there it's, it's no longer something that is ruling your life.
0: Mm. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I'm going to check that out. I'm always looking for new tools for those things that are hardwired into us because those are the hardest things to crack for us. Yeah. And your body, like you said, your body holds so much of our truth. Uh And we often negate our body because we choose our head over our heart. We choose our head over our wisdom, our intuition. And it's so many layers that have come over time. I mean, how we grew up, what their family beliefs were, And even when we think that we are doing so much better, (laughs) there's still stuff comes up. It's amazing. Like when I I got married, I thought I made the perfect choice because he was nothing like my father and I didn't wanna marry anyone like my father because my father was depressed and he was very narrow-minded and he had all these issues. And I was just like, I need somebody who's open and really not depressed and very actively involved in his life and motivated. And my husband turned out to be very similar to my father in many ways because I was looking at the wrong signs and I didn't really know what I needed at the time. And so a lot of times on paper, somebody looks good and we think we're getting, we're making the right choices, but we're still back to where we were because wherever you go, there you are. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I, I like to just say too, that, you know, there's so much that we can judge like so, so much self judgment comes into the space. And, you know, part of the transformation in, you know, my work with super loved is getting past the habits of judging ourselves as wrong or bad, or even having made any mistakes, like ultimately, it's all awareness. And what if that's not a problem? And how many times are we regurgitating, going back and beating ourselves up? We shouldn't have done that. We shouldn't have done that. And that just keeps us in this cycle of self-abuse. And, you know, my practice personally is to continue to, you know, make choices for greater moving forward and being aware of, the mental churning that can bring me back into a heaviness and the space of I'm doing it wrong. And that has been something that I've been asking to break for years and even through all of the tools. I mean, it actually is, has been completely different in the last two years for me and I feel so much happier, so much more space, and so much freer in my life.
0: Mm. That's great. And it's a it's an evolution that keeps keeps growing when you're tapped in. Like you mm-hmm. said, in the last few years, you've even grown to an even higher level of consciousness and openness. So As we come towards the end, I would love to share an exercise, if you can, uh, for somebody who wants to overcome some of these limiting beliefs. Do you have something simple that you can share? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to share a very simple tool. (laughs) And it is probably something that other people have shared on your podcast before, but it's never hurts to repeat some of these things. But the one that just pops right away is to be aware of this moment as a new beginning. And every time the chatter that comes up that says you did it wrong, you weren't, you know, you made a mistake, that was a problem or all of that kind of stuff where you tend to like maybe want to go back and kind of dig through it. Like it's just a pile of junk. Like you need to like, if you dig long enough, maybe something different will show up. Well, probably won't. So to be able to go, hey, this is a new moment. That was then, this is now. I used to go there. Now I'm choosing something different. And even if you use that statement, okay, I used to make myself wrong about that. And now I'm choosing something greater in my love life. And you don't even know, have to know what that is, but just sense that something greater in your love life. And so we can do that right now, just right now, sensing what it is that brought you here, listening to this episode, noticing and perceiving a greater future, that that whatever that thing is, that part of within your body, your being, your consciousness, that's like, hmm, wow, I would love to fill in the blank and say yes to that. Just say yes to whatever that energy is. You don't have to write a story about it. You don't have to do a vision board about it. You just say yes to that energy and keep choosing for you moving forward in that way. Honor yourself. Take the classes that inspire you. Nurture yourself. Give yourself the space that is that kindness to you. And I promise things will change.
0: I love it. That's a, that's a great way to end the podcast on a, on a really positive note that we can create a different, a different life when we tune in to, first of all, what those limiting beliefs are, that we've been beating ourselves up and it's time to stop. And just be kind to yourself. That was then, this is now. And I, I think, you know, we we do the best we can with the information we have. And when you're forgiving yourself, as I said at the beginning of this episode, you forgive yourself for the mistakes you made. You didn't have the knowledge that you have now. And I like that you also mentioned, you don't even have to know what the answer is. You don't have to know what it is. What is that greater thing? It's just not what it was, that's for sure. Uh So you're moving in the direction of this positive energy, which will lead you down the right path.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So worth it. You can find me at uh, getsuperloved.com. Sorry, we have a little cheerleader in the background um and yeah you go there I have an amazing love quiz you can take if you want to kind of get some awareness on okay well where am I kind of doing pretty well in this space and where could I kind of maybe bring some more attention or kindness to that area And just by taking the quiz, you're gonna get a lot of awareness and um, that's an easy way to kind of get started. And there's all sorts of things on my website you can access and pretty soon this podcast will be there too. So thank you so much for that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my pleasure. If you enjoy this show, please rate and review us and subscribe. We always appreciate all the new subscriptions and the the ratings and reviews really mean a ton to us. This is how people find us. It's how we get great guests. So thank you so much for that. And thank you, Macy, for coming on the show today, for sharing your wisdom. And as always, here's to your last last first first date. date. If you are ready to get unstuck, gain new tools, become more empowered and finally find your last first date, I'd love to talk to you. Fill out an application to be considered for a complimentary half hour love breakthrough session at lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. That's lastfirstdate.com forward slash application. I look forward to talking to you soon.